gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights. A huge show lined up for you tonight. And I want to give you a little preview. It's not going to be just all politics tonight, although we might get into a little bit of politics maybe when we talk about student loans, which is in our guest segment coming up at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So in just 30 minutes, Alan Collins will be here, our friend. He's been on the show many, many times over the years. His organization is called Student Loan Justice, and so much to get into about student loans right now. Will the government forgive student loans? If so, how much will they forgive? Who does this apply to? Will everyone get student loan forgiveness? Is this fair? What about those that have already paid off their student loans? Will they get any benefit? Will this apply to people that go to college now? Let's say they do this loan forgiveness and maybe I start college next month. Does that mean I get in, get on, on this too? Or is this just going to be for people that already have the loans? So many questions and so many issues of fairness. You know, is this fair to to this person or that person and uh, a lot to get into. That'll be tonight uh, coming up in about 28 minutes. Alan Collins, student loan justice is here. And then next week we've got, uh, this is a great one lined up for us. Mike McCormick will be here next week to talk about this book, Joe Biden unauthorized. A lot of really interesting stuff in here about Joe Biden. And this guy, uh, Mike McCormick used to work for many years uh, for Joe Biden uh, so he's got the inside scoop. Okay, I've got to go back here to what has been freaking people out. I've still got it here in the studio. All right, so I've got the Mike Lindell book. By the way, we've had zero success trying to get Mike on the show, um, but we're still trying. But this is what has kind of creeped people out, is the, the cover on the Mike Lindell book. Now, I did not know it had this cover when I went to his website and bought his book a few weeks ago. But I'll tell you why, when I got this, this cover, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. And I want to show this to everybody because I think this is pretty cool. So when I was a little boy, this would have been back in the late 1960s, I had a book called The Little Tin Soldier that had that kind of a book cover. And I was able to find it on eBay and it came this last week and I wanted to show you the cover and it's uh very similar to uh, the Mike Lindell cover. It has sort of that 3D look. There's the toy soldier. I don't know if any of you had this same book. I, I got it on eBay. It was only like 20 bucks, but I thought this would be really neat uh, to show to my grandchildren if I ever have any. <laughs> my three adult kids are listening. If I ever get to have grandchildren, that is. Uh, maybe I'll read this to my dogs if I don't uh, get grandchildren soon. But this was what Mike Lindell's, um, his... 
book cover reminded me of. So here's my little confession. So I was so nutty at that age. I thought this toy soldier was real. And I, I literally took a kitchen knife and tried to cut the toy soldier out of the book. I, I did that. And I remember getting in a bunch of trouble for having a sharp knife when I was a little kid, three, four years old, and I was trying to cut the uh, toy soldier out of this book. Uh, but many of you, if you had this book, just send me an email. I'd, I'd be curious. Am I the only one that knows about this book? My wife said she had this book as a child, The Little Tin Soldier. So uh, sort of uh, everything uh, goes back to the Mike Lindell book cover lately. I don't know. Okay. Uh, on a serious note, it was sad. Uh, oh, uh, I will mention too that uh, uh, next week with uh, Mike McCormick, we'll be getting into, uh, in addition to Biden, also some kind of inside Washington stuff uh, as far as, you know, why is there a fence still up? Why are there thousands of soldiers, soldiers still there? So he's got some insight on a lot of that too. But on, on a serious note, it was very sad uh, to have the passing of Rush Limbaugh this week. And everybody came on air and shared their Rush Limbaugh stories. Um, so here are my kind of two Rush Limbaugh stories that I'll share with you. So many years ago, this would have been probably maybe 1990 or 1991. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was was national, but was not a big name at all. And one of my friends by the name of Greg, uh, he actually worked for me and he was a huge Rush Limbaugh fan. And he convinced my wife and I to buy tickets to go down to the um, where the Orlando Magic played, not their current giant stadium, but it was a smaller stadium, uh, smaller uh, Amway uh, sponsored stadium. In any case, we, we went to see a Rush Limbaugh concert, which was really interesting to think back on it to this day. So Rush Limbaugh could not draw enough people to actually fill up the stadium. So how we were seated was we were seated like on the floor of where the basketball players would be. That's where the seats were. I'm thinking that maybe there was 3,000 people there, maybe 3,500 people. And Rush Limbaugh comes out uh, wearing a, a tuxedo with a giant black bow tie. And if I remember right, he had ruffles and everything. He looked like he was on his way to a wedding. And he went on to uh, do like a two-hour stand-up routine. And honestly, my reaction leaving, I'm just being honest with you, I didn't get a lot of it because I wasn't a listener to Rush Limbaugh's show. So he played some of the parodies and some of the inside jokes. I didn't get a lot a lot out of it. I thought, uh, I don't know about this guy. I, I kind of had mixed feelings. I mean, some of it was funny, but some of it was a lot of it really was for the for the audience for that of his regular listeners. And I just was not a Rush Limbaugh fan at the time. Uh, so there's my Rush Limbaugh met him in person once story. Um, of course, he, he would have gone on, you know, those stadiums. I don't know if he did those in later years, but he would have probably packed an NFL stadium uh, in later years. But that was my story of meeting Rush Limbaugh when he was sort of just getting started. Uh, and then later when Rush Limbaugh, if you remember, when he was dealing with the drug addiction, which was from prescription drugs related to uh, back pain he was having. He became addicted to prescription drugs. And as a result of that, he lost his hearing and went through 
a process. It was like a year or two where he was having different surgeries and implants and trying to get his hearing back. And there was a period of time, I'll never forget it, where he literally had to like read what the callers were saying uh, and his call screener would type that in because he was literally doing his show deaf. And I'm not kidding you. You could hear him attempting to modulate his voice. And this is what happens when you lose your hearing. Uh, how we speak is related to the fact that we can hear ourselves, and because we can hear ourselves, we can adjust. And to hear that man doing a national radio show on hundreds and hundreds of stations for him to go to the microphone literally deaf and to be able to pull that off and you could tell his voice was modulating and he was trying to adjust and you could tell what was going on but it was so impressive and was so inspirational to me because at that same time I had lost everything. I was going through bankruptcy. I was probably at the lowest of lows in my life. And then I turn on the radio and I hear this guy who was deaf, who was struggling to do his radio show and he struggles through it and he does a, a tremendous radio show. And so, you know, I have to say I'm a little emotional, but, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh uh, was really for my wife and I really like a part of our family. And, uh, I, I won't say that I listened every single day, but, uh, I probably listened at least three days a week to a little bit of Rush Limbaugh. And, uh, we all knew that he was going to pass. We had notice. We knew for months, but when these things happen, it still kind of hits you hard. And, uh, I don't know. I feel a little bit weird, honestly, that it was so um, upsetting to me because this isn't somebody I know personally, but that is what happens with radio. And if you're great at radio, which Rush Limbaugh was, when you do radio, it's like you're speaking to one single person that is that is out there listening. And you may if you're great at radio and you make that kind of a connection. It is, it is like every, uh, every listener is part of your family. Every listener is a friend, is a neighbor. And um, I think that's why uh, the death of Rush Limbaugh has hit so many people so hard. But this is not stop the haters from coming out and saying all kinds of hateful things this week about Rush. Uh, and that's to be expected. And uh, Rush took that in stride, and, and uh, he'll take that in stride uh, into the ages. And so uh, a lot of questions, right? Like, who will fill that time spot? I don't think it's even a fair question to say who will replace Rush Limbaugh because everybody said it. You can't replace Rush Limbaugh. But who will fill that time slot? One thought I had was maybe Sean Hannity moves down to the 12 o'clock slot, and then somebody else fills in where, where Sean Hannity is. That might be the more uh, strategic move that maybe nobody is is really expecting. Okay, uh, there's no crying in podcasting. What am I doing? Uh, uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, as I'm getting older, I don't know, I'm just getting more emotional. Things are, are, are hitting me harder, I guess. Anyway, um, my wife and I, we had a great weekend. Um, we went to... Um, to St. Simon's Island this weekend. 
And uh, we love that area. Uh, spent a couple of days up there. There's some great pictures of that on my social media. Uh, if you want to go over there and uh, check that out. Uh, all right. Tonight, I'm going to talk about in this remaining few minutes we have before we get to our guest, I'm going to talk about cryptocurrency. And I want to give you the cryptocurrency uh, name that I am presently recommending. So for those of you that followed me all the way back to 2012, first it was Bitcoin. Then I added to my recommendations Ripple XRP. And I've talked about another coin called CloudCoin, but never really came out and said, hey, add this to the Jim Paris buy list. Um, at one time, I did own 56 cryptocurrencies, sort of like kind of long shot bets. Uh, you know, you put $50 or $100 in a cryptocurrency and you don't know what's going to happen, but kind of cover all the, the squares on the, on the wheel, if you will. So here we go. Tonight is my third recommendation. Now, I actually quietly started buying this cryptocurrency about three years ago. Um, I talk about it a little bit in my book that you see over my shoulder here, the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start. I talk about this cryptocurrency in my book. I think I dedicate uh, a page or two to, to this cryptocurrency as sort of a standout that I liked at the time that that book came out, and I like it even more today. But here is the name, so write it down, and I know a lot 90 of... 90 seconds. I know a lot of you are here tonight. Uh, I'm not sure why... Uh, uh, it's saying it's saying 90 seconds. I'm not sure what is happening here. Uh, all right. I think what's going to happen here, it looks like looks like my stream is going to end. Uh, so I'm just going to go on uh, in any case. I'm just going to go on and, and uh, what's happening over here. 60 seconds. Yeah. What we'll have to do is just reboot that. Uh, when we get to our guest segment. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. So if my producer is listening in the other room, uh, I'm going to have to uh, take a second here and do this. I'm going to have to uh, set up a uh, another show to start here at uh, 9.30. For some reason, my software decided it wanted to... Uh... There we go. We'll have to take a second here and fix this. All right. And if you are listening uh, or joy, go ahead and uh, tell Alan Collins I might be one or two minutes late uh, for getting on with him. So just do not worry. I will have to uh, take that minute when we refire the open uh, to get him on the line. Okay. So back to Ravencoin. I apologize for the distraction. So Ravencoin, I, I talked about Ravencoin in my book, and I started buying it about three years ago. Now, what's very interesting for you to notice what has happened is if you look at the price movement of Ravencoin, and I've got the uh, price right here in front of me, uh, it's currently trading at 20 cents for one single Ravencoin, but it was just 1.7 cents 30 days ago. So it's currently trading at 20 cents but it was just 1.7 cents 30 days ago. So do the math. Um, you've got tenfold plus your money in 30 days, over a thousand percent move in 30 days. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot in my book 
and also in my course, which by the way, uh, forgive me for putting in a pitch for my course, but I've got to tell you, um, I put together all the videos to show you how to do this and to find these kinds of low-priced cryptocurrencies. And I'm going to show you tonight, I'm going to give you an example of how much money, theoretically, that you might be able to make uh, with uh, something like a Raven coin. But in any case, the workshop is at bitcoinworkshop.us if you want to get to where all the videos are. There is a subscription cost. It's very affordable. Or if you don't want to do that, just buy the book. But in any case, what I get into in the book and I get into in the videos is I, I break down into uh, steps how to monitor the cryptocurrency market. Now, there's at least, I think, at least 2,000 or more coins or cryptocurrencies that are out there. So how do you filter through those and find the ones that are potential winners? How do you find, let's say, the Bitcoin of tomorrow uh, today? And so that's what um, I do in the videos. I did these videos about two and a half years ago. They're a little bit dated in the sense that some of the prices I talk about are going to not be current, but everything else in the video is valid in terms of my process of finding these coins. So in any case, um, what I teach you is the process of how to notice or how to track on a daily basis these cryptocurrencies and how to uh, make a decision on which of these should go in your portfolio. At, at one time, I did have like 56. I don't have anything near that anymore. But this uh, cryptocurrency, Ravencoin, is my is now my third largest holding. So I have Bitcoin, I have Ripple XRP, and then it's Ravencoin, and I just bought a lot more. So I'm full and fair disclosure, I own it. I've owned it for over three years, and I just bought a lot more in the last week. Um, if you want to get the details on Ravencoin, you can go to ravencoin.org to find out more about it. At their website, they've got a white paper which explains it. They also have a list of all the exchanges that you can buy it on. The two most popular exchanges are Bitrex and Binance, but there's about 20 different exchanges now um, that are carrying it. Now, let me kind of get into this a little bit more. Um, it uses the same exact software as Bitcoin. So it is essentially a Bitcoin fork is what it is. Now, it's it's a clone of the Bitcoin software, but they've made changes to it. And, and there's a couple of things about this that are very interesting. One is that it's easier to mine. You can mine Ravencoin with any computer. You don't need any special high-tech computer to be able to mine uh, Ravencoin, which is the process by which your computer can actually earn free Ravencoin for you. I'm not going to explain mining tonight, but I'm just in a, in a in a sentence or two. That's what mining is. Ravencoin is a lot easier to mine than Bitcoin is. Ravencoin also makes transactions faster than what a Bitcoin transaction. It can be as much as ten times faster for a Ravencoin transaction to go through. Now, here's where it gets very interesting. One of the seed capital investors in Ravencoin was the founder of Overstock.com, Patrick Byrne. And uh, Patrick Byrne is no longer with Overstock. He stepped out of that role. But 
uh, was a two, three years ago, he put millions and millions of dollars into the development of Ravencoin. And here's a proven guy with a proven business, Overstock.com, that's pouring millions of dollars into Ravencoin. So there's some smart people behind Ravencoin. It's starting to get a lot of attention. The price has popped. It's gone from 1.7 cents. Tonight it's trading at 20 cents, but it was up to like 25 or 26 cents in the last couple of days. Now let me give you the math on this. There will there will be a maximum number of Ravencoin created of 21 billion. This is don't don't let this confuse you. The math is going to these numbers sound big, but I'm going to make it easy for you. The maximum number of Ravencoin to be created is 21 billion. Okay, Bitcoin has a maximum number of coins to be created of 21 million. So you see that? 21 billion with a B or 21 million. So a billion is basically a thousand millions, right? So if we use today's Bitcoin price of $56,000 and we then kind of interpolate that or convert that into a Ravencoin price. So in other words, if we ask this question, how much should Ravencoin be worth today? All things being equal, apples versus apples comparison to Bitcoin. In other words, if Ravencoin had the exact same market cap as Bitcoin, even though it has 21 billion that will potentially be created versus 21 million, where does that number bring us to in terms of a price for Ravencoin and how much money could you theoretically make on Ravencoin? So here are the numbers. So if we take 56,000, which is the current price of Bitcoin, divide it by 1,000, that is we're converting billions into millions, that would put an apples to apples value of a single Ravencoin at $56. $56. Now, it's 20 cents today. So I did the math. For the sake of fun, for the sake of analysis, this is no guarantee and only invest money that you can afford to risk. All those disclosures are out there and I'm not recommending this to anybody personally. It's just something that I'm doing and I'm excited about and I think it's a great option, but it's only for speculation, only for money you could lose. So here's the, here are the numbers. Let's say you put in $500 today and Ravencoin did in fact reach $56. That $500 would be worth $140,000. Now, you can laugh if you're watching and you're not familiar with cryptocurrency and you can think this is all crazy. Go back and look at the numbers. A uh, hundred bucks in 2009 in Bitcoin uh, would have been worth uh, is worth way beyond. At one point, I put this on my website. It was worth 200 million, but I think it'd be worth probably uh, multiples of that by now. I haven't done that calculation in a long time, but that is the real advantage and the leverage, the leverage of getting in on this early. It's it's incredible. So it's called Ravencoin. You can find out more of the details by going to ravencoin.org. And uh, Ravencoin was just 1.7 cents 30 days ago. And it's 20 cents today. It was uh, up to a 25 cents in the last couple of days. Now, please do me a favor. Don't ask me to spoon feed you. Please don't flood my email 
box with Jim, how do I buy Ravencoin? How do you buy Ravencoin? You go to ravencoin.org. There's a list of the exchanges that you can open an account at where you can buy Ravencoin. Once you open the account, you'll have to go through some steps. You'll have to prove your identification, uh, you know, link, a, link some financial documents to prove who you are and get your account open. Once your account is open, then you put money in it and then you can buy whatever you want within that exchange, just like a brokerage account. So that's how it works. And, I, and whenever I, that's why sometimes I'm a little bit reluctant to get into a lot of this publicly because then I get flooded with emails. Jim, I, I, I'm having trouble opening my account over at XYZ uh, Crypto. Um, I, how do I, can you help me open it? No, I can't. This is, you know, I call it spoon feeding. If you want the chance to maybe become a crypto millionaire, then you got to go through these steps. So the first step is you open an account and sometimes it's a pain in the neck to get an account open. You got to, some of them, they want you to scan in a, a picture of your passport and send it over and do other things to verify your identity. This is all because of government regulation. Once you verify yourself, then you can fund your account. You can put some money in there and then you can make a purchase. Um, some of these won't let you put money in. You have to like take, go over to Coinbase and buy Bitcoin and then put Bitcoin in there. And then Bitcoin becomes your, your money that you use going to go your money to be able to buy the crypto. But there's a lot of training on this in my workshop. And, and for goodness sake, it's only $77 to get all my videos and to get access to our discussion group which gives you more wider access to me and the other people in the group. And then it's like 10 bucks a month dues. If you want to stay in the class, it's bitcoinworkshop.us. But none of us there are going to spoon feed you either. So we're going to, if you start posting in the group, like I, I, well, well, I can't open my crypto account. Please somebody help me. No one's going to help you. You just, you're going to have to do that. And so, um, as these coins get more popular, so Ravencoin is not on Coinbase right now. So what you want to do is you get in before it's easy to buy because when it becomes easy to buy, then everybody buys it and the price goes way up. But it just really caught my eye to see Ravencoin. I, I wish I knew why it's jumped. I can tell you what I do know. There are more people buying than selling. <laughs> How's that for an answer? There are more people buying than selling. That's why it's that's why it's it's going up. Um, so in any case, uh, that's Ravencoin, Ravencoin.org. Okay, now I'm gonna have to do something a little bit different than I normally do. I'm gonna have to uh, just live here, uh, take a minute and reset my blog talk radio so that I've got another episode uh, for Alan Collins. <laughs> so give me two minutes to do that while we're live, and then we'll switch gears. And then this will be edited down and we'll be back with Alan Collins here shortly. So go get yourself a cup of coffee, refill your popcorn, uh, whatever you need. And uh, we'll be back here with Alan Collins 